Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, and welcome. How are your levels? What? How are your levels? I've, did you check your levels yet? My levels are fine. All right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Starting sorry. over. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth. My name is Andy Lass. This is episode 154, and on the show today is Computer Magic. And I had a fun chat with her, and we'll listen to that later on in the show. However, first, it's been about three weeks or four weeks, I guess, since episode 150. No, I took a two-week break. That's why it feels like so long. Andy, it's been about six weeks, buddy. Six or seven weeks. Yeah, okay, that's okay. that makes more sense. Uh, I, I'm going to say it's more like five, but the point is that <laughs> people have said, "What? Ha- where's Marco been? Because it's been so many mm, weeks, and um, the past few episodes I've been playing listener calls, but you were also moving to the States. Yeah, I thought you forgot about me, Andy, to be honest. No, I did not. So the point of today, I guess, we'll just do an extended Keeping It 80 segment to just get caught up with Marco because we haven't talked to him in a while. Fucking let's roll the jingle. I guess a lot's happened. Oh shit. <laughs> Marco. So we're here. I mean, we didn't really need to play the jingle, but that's that's okay that we did. So how about this? (laughs) You're going to be here with me for the whole first half of the show. Okay. We're going to talk to Computer Magic afterwards. By we, I mean me. And you will be gone. (laughs) And in the meantime, let's get the show started. You've got some tracks you want to play me, so let's let's listen to some. All right. You want to go straight to business? Okay, sure. Um, Irving Force has released an awesome LP, his debut LP, just a few weeks ago. I'm absolutely in love with this one. Um, It is released at JST Records, and uh, it is called God Mode. Uh, It's something a little bit different. The track I want to play off it is Street Mech, and uh, this is some cutting-edge stuff right here. Cool, man. Well, this is Street Mech by Irving Force.
right, and that was Irving Force with the track Street Mech, Marco's first pick of the week. I actually played an Irving Force track last week, but I played Overlord. Ah, damn it, you should have told me, you bastard. I like Overlord, too. It's a great album, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's fun, but that's the thing. So when you were when you were saying that, I'm just like, don't say Overlord, don't say Overlord, because <laughs> then I was going to tell you that we're not going to play it, because we played it last week. So look, I just want to tell the listeners... That Beyond Synth is brought to you by Zencaster, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com. It's podcasting recording software for podcasters. Uh, it's cool, man. It's a cool way to record your show. Studio quality sound. And uh, you can record multiple guests at the same time. And it records all their audio as separate channels. Sends it to your Dropbox. Bing, bang, boom. Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com. If you record a podcast, check it out for free. And if you want to do the paid service, type in the promo code BEYONDSYNTH to get 20% off. And... I should remind everybody about Retro Revolutions, because Jared has just put up part two of the consoleized, if that is a word, Atari Lynx. So he's turning an Atari Lynx into a console version, and he's rewiring it and doing cool things. And part two is up now, which is cool, and you should go check it out. So that's Retro Revolutions on YouTube, at Retro Faith Games on Twitter, and Retro underscore Revolutions on Instagram. Jared's been a great sponsor to Beyond Synth, and go check out his stuff, man. It'd be cool if you do. And it's actually pretty cool stuff. So you'll it's a it's a cool it's a cool channel to look at. Anyways, I'm back here with Marco. Hmm. Yeah, and it's been a while, Andy. I suppose a lot's been going on, eh? I guess. So you uh, well, you moved back to well, you moved back. You moved to uh, United States. Yeah, that's right. I've been here for almost a month and a half now. Uh, I've been doing a lot of cool shit. Um, finally with Jazzy, which is great. I'm enjoying the summer and uh, the beautiful countryside up this way. Uh, I went to Human Music 2 in New Jersey, and there was heaps of great synthwave acts there. I met, um, caught up with a lot of friends and met some new people, and uh, it was one of the best things I've ever been to. It was fucking incredible, Andy. I wish you should have been there, dude. you got to get that passport sorted out. I know, I know, I know. I had ended up having a shot with Florence. She was very nice. We chatted in person, and her live performance was awesome, too. I, I was glad I got to catch that as well, so... It was really good stuff, Andy. Good. So how was uh, all the technical stuff about getting to the States? The plane ride, the... All that shit. It was all good. There was, there was a bit of stress, like, because I had, they made me carry all this ridiculous shit, this fucking big x-ray of my chest, <laughs> for some reason. What? So, I went through, I, okay, so I went through, like, a whole medical thing where they tested everything. I got all these shots, x-ray, just to check if I had something, I don't know fucking what, but uh, they want to make sure I'm in good health anyway, and um, basically they said, you got to take this x-ray with you, and it's, a, you know how big x-rays are, they're pretty fucking big, mm. and you got to carry it with you, carry on luggage, so it's a pain in the ass, because you can't put in a bag, it won't fit. So I'm carrying around this thing, and then they're saying you're not supposed to put it through the uh, x-ray machine, you know, that examines your bags, and then that caused problems. You, you can't put an x-ray in an x-ray machine? Apparently not. That's what they <laughs> told me. So, like, it was a nightmare. I went through, I had to go through, like, I got checked at four different places because of it. I thought it was suspicious. Then I had my stupid fucking microphone in my uh, backpack. It was a bit annoying. <laughs> and then in the end, I get to the States, and then, like, I have to go through the customs and um, get processed with my K-1 visa, right? And then the guy goes, oh, no, we don't need your x-ray. I'm like, what the fuck did I carry this thing? Protect it with my life. And I fucking didn't even need it. <laughs> it's, like, so funny. Fuck, you're carrying around an x-ray? I mean, like, you're doing all this fucking shit? <laughs> it took, what, a year? Like, how long did it take for when you actually formulated the plan of, I want to move to the States? Yeah. And then all the fucking tests you had to do, 
issue and all the back and forth that had to go on, right? I mean, like, it was a long time. Yeah. Well, that's, it's a sensitive subject. With what, what do you say about it? I mean, clearly, my quality of life was very good where I was, so I'm not moving here to take advantage of anybody, you know, clearly. Mm. So I don't know why you have to jump through so many fucking hoops when I'm obviously in love with somebody and, and you know, we've been together, we've got all the proof and the evidence and... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> those, those are the pictures you should have had to take to the border. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I should have subjected him. Actually, we joked about that. I should have subjected him. You know, I think that's why uh, my interview went so quickly, because we were like, all right, they needed more information. So we're like, fine, we're just going to fucking give you everything then. Yeah. <laughs> I think they had one look at it with this whole massive folder of all our shit, our yeah. photos and, and uh, you know, just letters and all sorts. And they were like, oh, all right, yeah, you approved. It's like, you want more? Fine, fine, we'll give you more. <laughs> <laughs> you just start taking your clothes off. Like, <laughs> we got to prove this. We'll prove it. <laughs> Everything's been good. I mean, things are a bit, little bit tricky here. Uh, uh, nothing's easy. Just even buying a car is a pain in the ass here. Things are a lot simpler in Australia. Let's just put it that way. Because in Australia, instead of driving a car, you would drive some sort of like beat up buggy thing with like spikes on the front. <laughs> That's right, with flame turrets. We can drive whatever you want. Yeah? I mean, everything's legal. You don't even have to worry about getting it. <laughs> Everyone just, just hangs out the side of their car, just drinking oil and then fucking spitting fire at people. That's what I picture Australia is. Yeah, you can ride around on a bike in your loincloth. You don't even have to fucking worry about wearing clothes or a helmet or anything. <laughs> So, uh, so it's a bit of an take taken a bit to adapt to the you know environment here, Andy. Yeah, man. Well, look, I'm happy you're here. I am happy the the whole transition sort of worked. I think now, what is it like? You can't visit me for a year. Like you have to prove that. Well, it's, I think it's about six months, but I'm not going to come and visit you in the middle of winter, so it's probably going to be a year. Yeah. Um, basically, you can't leave the country until well, I got to get married. We're going to get married next month. Then um, I'm going to process all the paperwork. Then once I get approved, I'm still going to go for another interview. Once I get approved, I get my citizenship. And then I can do whatever the fuck I want, basically. But mm-hmm. until then, I'm not allowed to leave the country unless it's an, a, an emergency. Well, look, let's liven the mood here. Yes. And you, you play me another track. All right. Actually, to lighten the mood, I've got the perfect song here. Uh, it's a new one from Jay Vintage, uh, who I've played some of his music on your show before. But uh, he's got a new one called Miami Nights. Featuring Sarah Jonas. I love the vocals in this one, Andy. Cool, man. Let's check it out, man. This is Jay Vintage with the track Miami Nights featuring Sarah Jonas. Tell you something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And that was Jay Vintage featuring Sarah Jonas with the track Miami Nights. And uh, that's a cool track. And of course, I'm here with Marco. That's Marco's second pick of the week. We're having a good time. I should point out that we got some Patreon activity here. So, I got a new $5 donation from Mads Baron Christensen. Uh, I always like the name Mads. I think that's a cool name. Uh, and then Katner has edited uh, their support from uh, 108 to 444, the old triple four. So we can say that Katner has upgraded their support. <laughs> I'm saying there because I don't know if Katner is a guy or a girl. Let me know. Are you a guy or a girl? Does it matter? <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't, but it matters to me. And then we got a new pledge from Jan Collier. Hope I'm saying your name right. Is it Collier? Is it Collier? Jan? Is it Yan? Am I saying everything wrong? Yan. Jan. Jan Collier is what I'm going to say. <laughs> Get it together, man. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank you all. Those are the new uh, the new donation updates. Of course, this month, the king of the Pattersons is Chris Williams, is the king of the Pattersons. And of course, there's Retro Revolutions. Don't forget to check that out. And Jacob Wick is also in league with the uh, the kings of the Pattersons. This with the Pattersons, I almost called them. Uh, listen, Jacob Wick's a cool guy. Chris Williams is a cool guy. Everybody's cool here is the bottom line. Anyways, Marco, so <laughs> talk about your experience at Human Music, man. So uh, a lot of people were there, uh, a lot of synth artists, so it must have been fun to just get to hang out. So was there any people, who were the people that you hadn't met before? So Jim, uh, who is Teal, I haven't met before. I haven't, uh, he's, he was really good. His performance was awesome. I was really blown away. Uh, I met Makeup and Vanity Set. His show was great. He's super humble and nice guy. Dude, it's so many people. Like it, It's hard to explain to people just how, how incredible the experience was because it was literally like, it starts at like 7pm and it goes to like 1 and it was just one great synthesis after another, after another. And it was like, it got to the point where, like, you got to go to the bathroom or you got to go get something to eat. Like, there's a food truck at the front. It's like, and you got to try and time it. Like, when do you go? Because if you go out and you have to wait for 10 minutes, it's like, you're going to miss somebody. And I've never been to anything like that where you just don't want to miss a second. I saw uh, Protector 101 live for the first time, which was great. I mean, I've met Jake uh, a number of times and um, I'm good friends with him, obviously, but I've never seen him actually perform live. And his set was uh, really awesome. I saw Nigel's set. Uh, the Encounter. Uh, he's got a real presence on stage. Um, that was uh, phenomenal. Sean, who's FM Attack, a really good friend of mine. Finally got to see him live, and that was just incredible. A really, really good performance. Um, and got to hang with him for a day. We went out and um, drove around Manhattan in the convertible. Mustang convertible and uh, it was like public holiday the next day so it was absolutely dead man the streets were like the first time I've ever seen Manhattan quiet mm. and uh, so we just drove around it was so cool so it says here Saturday the Saturday show was Time Cop was he there? Time Cop I met Geordie for the first time yes it was great he was a really nice guy um, Betamax Protector 101 Neo Slave Aeon Rings The Encounter Corrine Glitbiter Syntax was Syntax there? No, we couldn't make it. I'm so sad. I still haven't met him yet. Um, it's going to happen, but um, I think last minute um, he had an emergency or, or something came up. Um, something important came up. He couldn't go. So, And then the second day was FM Attack, Makeup and Vanity Set, Mr. Kitty, Arcade High, T 
Teal, Rain Within, Tokyo Rose. Tokyo Rose, yes, Tokyo Rose. I had a good chat with him. Um, it was great. He had a great set. I really love his music. He's just a young guy. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, oh my god, like, and he's so like just easy to talk to and shit. I didn't know who he was because he wears a mask. So when I saw him, I, I talked to him. I had a conversation with him, and then about an hour later, like Jazzy goes, "That's fucking um, Tokyo Rose." I was like, oh my god, I'm such an idiot. I didn't even know. So I went back and I said, dude, I'm so sorry. I didn't even recognize. Like, man. But I mean, that's what happens when people have these aliases. Like, right? I, I still find it funny because I mean, I don't know when it's going to release, but when Magic Sword was here, we actually filmed an episode of Real Beyond Synth. So it's going to be funny. It's yeah. it's not going to be what people are expecting um, because like they're in character. So um, I don't want to say too much, but it's going to be a very silly episode of the show. That's all I'll say. But yeah, like before their set, this band played called Computronic Spree. Right. Which is that band that dresses up like the Transformers and does like <laughs> 80s covers and stuff. Yeah. And their costumes are great. Like the like the lead singer guy is Rodimus Prime and the lead singer girl is RC from like a season three of Transformers. They're mostly like season three characters. The one guitarist is Unicron. But th- that dude was hilarious because he came up to talk after the show because I was backstage with Matt magic sword when they were packing up their stuff because i still hung around like this is what i always do whenever i film (laughs) these events and i'm hanging with the bands like i'm always hanging out at the venue past the point when i'm supposed to and so there have been a few times where like the bouncers are kind of just like you you gotta go like (laughs) like like, i'm not supposed to be there anymore and then (laughs) occasionally like it it depends on the atmosphere of what's going on but like if the band's just like no no like he's with us like it's cool kind of thing so i end up leaving like at the end when there's like no one left but the band and like just some dude sweeping up beer bottles (laughs) and uh, and yeah and the one dude from computronic spree came up and he was talking and um but he was like still sort of like in character like he was still kind of like because i asked him his name and he wouldn't tell me <laughs> i was just like okay man like that's how we're playing this okay so yeah so i understand that that thing of of i would be confused too and i, and I also really like having conversations with people like especially people who you've met you know on the internet and hanging out and so i don't know how well i would do at a thing like human music because I feel like I would want to like I'd have to keep stopping talking to who I was talking to to then walk over to another person yeah well, well you know I what I mean th- I, I know and I get that too and I, and I don't mean to sound like because I know everybody kind of thing and, and, and I'm friends with pretty much everybody there it's like it's not so much you feel rude or you're like like oh I need to do and it, it's just by the end of it you're having so much fun and it's so much to take in like it's just so much good shit to take in all in the crammed in like you said the conversation you want to talk to everybody and you can't you can't talk to everyone and that and that's the thing when you look back you oh man I didn't get to spend enough time with you I didn't talk I wanted to talk to you about this and then it's a lot it's a lot like uh, even the day after it was a mixture of of saying man it was so good to meet you so good to hang out with you and then it was uh, like a I'm so sorry I didn't get to talk to you more it's like it was yeah. like a double whammy <laughs> thing it was weird yeah. it was like <laughs> so yeah totally it was a lot it was a lot usually it's like usually when I go to see play show there's like two artists or something you know so it's kind of easy to manage but you would have just been fucking uh, gone ballistic you'd be like fuck who do I talk to especially if you're a one-on-one person you know because I wouldn't want to waste the opportunity especially if you have to travel to get there Mm. but you know next time how about you play me another song all right so we got a song here from Jarend I really like this one it's called Goodbye Earth Uh, it does feature vocals by Voice, and it's written by Danielle Guzman and Voice. so really good stuff here Andy Jesus, that's a lot of things I got to say now. What, no, so, just just say just say goodbye, <laughs> Earth by Jarend. All right, so now we're g- <laughs> all right. Let's check this out, man. This is Goodbye Earth by Jarend.
Alright, and that was Jarend with the track Goodbye Earth. I hope that's how you say it. Jarend. Uh, let me know, dude. Or lady. Is Jarend a dude? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I know the vocalist is uh, female, but the actual producer itself, I don't know. So I can't tell you, buddy. So this one's confusing. So the vocals are by Empha Voice and Renee, Renee Guzman? Yes. And then it's written by no another lady. What's well, Danielle Guzman? But anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, so there's just like oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a just, good song. <laughs> are you going to leave all that in? Now I sound like an idiot. I knew this is why I was trying to ask questions before, so that we wouldn't go through this. But thanks, Andy. Good on you, buddy. Okay, so written by Renee Guzman and Empha Voice, vocals by Empha Voice. So who's Danielle? Danielle is Renee. <laughs> Oh, is that a secret? <laughs> Whatever, fuck it. Who cares? Too bad. <laughs> so, so it's not a secret then. I don't fucking know when it's too bad if it is. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so that was a, the, the the bottom line is that was a cool track. Um, I'm not going to dwell on the complexities, although I th- I probably just did. And I should let everyone know that was brought to you by my lovely patrons in uh, the $25 club. There's Clint Dowling, Christian James, Mike Shima, Joey and Kendra, Gregorio Franco, and Chris Dance. All awesome people. And then there's Frank Skinnicky with the 1987. And Ken Giroux with the 50. Along with Hampus ML. Thanks, Hampus. And of course, the lovely Chris Celia Lane with the 1111. Okay, and I'm back here now with Marco. I always like uh, that name, Gregorio Franco. I, I know he's a real supporter of the show, and that name always sticks in my head. I, re- I always imagine him to be a really cool guy, and I'd like to meet him one day. Do you know where he's from? Yeah, he's in uh, fucking where it's real hot. What's that place? Oh, yeah, that narrows it right down. <laughs> <laughs> this weekend, it's been... Uh, yeah, what been continent? Fucking... <laughs> he's, fr- he's from Atlanta. He's from Atlanta, I think. Big fucked Atlanta, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's where it's uh, also where uh, where I think Vampire Stepdad's from that area. Anyway, look, the bottom line is this: How are you doing? <laughs> I'm hot, actually. Speaking about the heat, it's a fucking heat wave here, so it's been um, it's been real hot. Uh, is it hot up there too, man? Fucking hell! Yeah, no, this weekend was fucking bonkers. Uh, oh, this was a Canada Day weekend, and we went up visiting some family, and that family does not have an air conditioner and has an unusually hot house, like in the best of times. And this weekend it went up to, you know, I don't know Fahrenheit, but this weekend at some point, I think they were saying it was like fucking 45 degrees at one point Celsius. Oh, wow. Fuck, get out. That, that's ridiculously hot. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Like, it's insane. And the house was hotter than the outside because it was like a fucking oven. So, but the basement was still cool. So I literally just sat in the basement in the coolness while everyone was upstairs in the pool and stuff. But like, I honestly just preferred to be in the basement because it was cooler there. And I edited uh, today's interview. That's what I did all weekend. <laughs> <It's just> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I've been trying to stay cool. We uh, installed a couple of air conditioners here, which, oh my God, they came in handy just before the fucking heat wave. So honestly, nice. I don't know what we would have done without it. Um... I mean, the heat isn't that bad in itself, but when you, you know, when you get three or four days um, in an older house and it just fucking, you know, the heat, I don't know, it's just residual heat that stays in the house. You know what I'm talking about, man. That shit really fucks with you. It's actually cooler outside at night than it is in the house. You know what I mean? So this is why I prefer, I mean, I know it's a dumb thing to say when you talk about extremes, you know, like, what do you like better, too salty or too sweet? And it doesn't really matter because you're saying it's too much. <laughs> the premise is wrong. It's all bad. It's all fucked. But when it comes to, like, hot and cold, I prefer cold 
because you can warm yourself up without electricity, but you can't cool yourself down without electricity. Like all you can do is either jump in water. Like, that's your only recourse. If you live in a hot apartment or a hot house, literally the only way to cool yourself off without power is you have to go into water. Like, that's it. Mm. Like, there's nothing else you can do. I mean, you know, you need you need a fan. You need you need AC. Yeah. You need fucking central air. You need something. Or, or, you, or then you have to go outside and fucking turn a hose on. That might not be an option for you. Uh, or go to some public place like, you know, like a mall or something where they have air conditioning on. But like, that's your only recourse. And so with at least with when it's really cold out, you can wrap yourself in a blanket. You know, that doesn't require electricity. You know, you can, you can fucking bundle up. You can cover yeah. yourself up. Yeah, but you cunts can't handle the heat. Like, I've noticed that people die up here and shit, man, when you get extreme heat waves. It's like, how the fuck do you die? Like, it's hot. But it isn't like desert hot. You know, I mean, there's water around and shit. I, I don't well, get it. But... <laughs> It's like it's like uh, you know in Australia if someone dies from heat it's because your car broke down in the middle of the desert you know and, and it's like you're a day drive to the next fucking gas station or something you know you're fucked basically but over here it's like all old people die and shit it's like and it's same in the UK no and stuff. I mean the people who die first of all like I don't think heat waves necessarily take out healthy people right it's the same with you know like illnesses like the flu and stuff it's like mm. yeah the flu won't kill you if you're healthy but it'll like it'll take out some old people and and young people who don't have you know proper immune systems and stuff and i think the heat wave is the same thing like it takes out old people but you know what mm. this weekend like it's it's days like that when i go outside and it's <laughs> like fucking 40 I feel like holy shit, man! Like I totally get why people die in this. Like it just—it's—it's it's <laughs> fucking hot and heavy. Like the humidity when it's that the hot, humidity. but also humid. Yeah. It's like you, I can be outside for like a minute and go, "What the fuck is this?" Like I have to go inside. <laughs> like it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> and then I feel bad because and then then in the summertime, sometimes in the city, like we'll get brownouts, right? Like with the power because everyone has air conditioners on. Like I live in a house that's got old wiring, and I know like because fucking. The neighbors on on the top floor, they keep on uh, setting off the breaker because uh, they keep trying to turn on their air conditioner and like the house can't handle it because air conditioners require like more power. Mm, yeah, so that's geez. a that's a thing, man. Like you, you need fucking you need power. And when, when when you go into someone's house that has fucking central air, mm. and the whole house is just fucking Dude, cool. My gymnasium, I joined up at a gym here, and you wouldn't believe how cold the air conditioning is. Like I went in there today, and today was like a hundred uh, Fahrenheit or whatever. It was fucking hot, right? I mean, you, you, you don't want to get into your car, you know, like if you're parked at the shops or, or anywhere in a car park in the sun, you know, you get in the car and you're like, oh my God, you know, it's like, it's like death, right? It's that kind of heat, you know? And I went in there, man, and it's so cold, I had to turn, tell the guy to turn it down. I'm fucking shivering, man, while I'm training. I can't, they've got the best air conditioning I fucking think I've ever seen, man. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> Great gym, man. <mate. laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to start wearing fucking clothes in there, you know? <laughs> well, hey, maybe that's what I've been doing wrong this whole time. <laughs> do you have another song you want to play for me? Sure do. Is this one as confusing as uh, the last one? No, it's actually, it is kind of confusing. Um, <laughs> this is Laser Night 45, written by uh, Darman Jezenling, well, but it's... <laughs> okay, first of all, let's acknowledge the fake name I just came up with. Oh, my God. <laughs> which was <laughs> Darman Jezenling. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> when I'm put under pressure, I can't even come up with a fake name. I literally yeah. just said Darman Jezezling. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're funny guy, Sally. <laughs> I, I'm not letting myself off the hook with fucking Darman DeJezzling. That's like my new favorite fake name. <laughs> That's so random, dude. What Dar- the fuck? Darman DeJezzling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyways, let's hear the song from Darman DeJezzling. <laughs> Um, well, I'm pretty sure, 99% sure, that uh, <laughs> the next artist, uh, the way to pronounce it is 79. I've played this song many times before on the show. It's just been a while. I've had a lot on my mind, so excuse mm. me. It's spelled okay. 7DD9, and uh, he's got a new album out called Incomplete Circle. It's uh, pretty fucking good, Andy, and uh, the song I want to play off it uh, is called uh, Galactic Intercourse. All right, man, this is Galactic Intercourse by 7DD9.
right, and that was 7DD9 with the clack. The clack. <laughs> with the what? <laughs> with the clack. With the clack galactic intercourse, of with course. With the click clack. <laughs> with the track galactic intercourse. And that, of course, is brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. There's Fraser Davidson, Kemsen Games, Lucas Ceballos, Justin Armour, The Patch Bay, Blake Peterson, Martin Larby, Digital Dreams, Power Loader, Trevor Resnick, Poly Digital, Elias Garnier, Murat, and Playmaker Media. And this is a reminder. I don't know if... I think they're still doing it. Playmaker Media is giving away some vinyls. But you have to go to the Playmaker Media website. He was on the show two weeks ago uh, talking about this vinyl giveaway. It's Alex... Alex's... uh, I forget what album. but It's one of Alex's new albums on vinyl. Bart Graft's new one on vinyl. And Lucasette on vinyl for the first time. That's one of the prizes is those three vinyls. Mm -hmm. Like, that's fucking amazing. Like, Lucasette's album on fucking vinyl. So, I don't know if anyone's been participating in this thing, but dude... Go to Playmaker Media's website. There's some fucking treasure hunt you got to do. You got to cl- click on the <laughs> Beyond Synth link or something and then follow some clues. But, I mean, that's a great prize. So, go do it because literally, like, I don't know if anyone's doing it. And, like, you're going to get some fucking great vinyls if you do. I mean, I wanted them. I talked to him. He's like, I can send you some. I'm like, we'll do it. Whereabouts, man? Where can I go to get it? Please, can I get um, heads up on this? Yeah, it's Playmaker Media's uh, website, whatever that is, playmakermedia.net. I'm typing it in right fucking now. I tweeted it out on Twitter. It's playmakermedia.net, I think. Okay. All right, I'm on it. I want some of this shit. I want some of this free shit. Yeah, man, who doesn't? Can I have a whinge about Twitter? How's this, right? I haven't been on Twitter, and everybody keeps telling me you got to get on Twitter. Finally going to get on Twitter. I don't even get through the process, you know, the setup process, before it tells me that I've been locked out, mm. and that they need to enter a phone number, and they want to ring me. They're not going to send me a message. They're going to call me with a verification code. Call fees may apply. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even set up an account. How can you lock me out? Like Sometimes they'll lock you out when they think you're a robot. So it's like, if you start an account... And then the first thing you do is start like following a bunch of people. They might go like, "Oh, this is a this is a robot account." Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they locked me out because it asked me who do you want to follow, and it gave me suggestions. The first suggestion was you, Beyond Synth. I'm not kidding. I clicked yes, Beyond Synth. I looked down. I don't recognize those. I went next, and then it locked me out. You, <laughs> I'm fucking not kidding. Made my Twitter accounts contaminated, but <laughs> I'm convinced that at least at least. of Twitter is fake. Like, that's my my guess. Oh, shit. I think that 80% of Twitter is just not real accounts or or people who are trying to promote something and and it's not really like an actual person. And I I think it is actually 80%. That's That's my guess. I've never seen any figures that explain it. But, like, Twitter's cool for staying in contact with people like for Beyond Synth. It's been very helpful in, um you know, interacting with listeners of the show. And I like doing that because generally people have nice things to say. And so like, I'm, I'm happy to message them and stuff. Like I'm fine with that. And there's some people who are only on Twitter and that's how I communicate with them. But man, whenever I hit the home button on Twitter and see like the notifications of what's fucking trending, Twitter sucks. Like it sucks, man. It's just fucking awful. I know. I don't want to be on it, but I feel like I need to for promo shit. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing to do. And at least you can follow some of your favorite artists on Twitter and stuff, but like, dude, it's so stupid. Like, it's a stupid fucking place. And it will annoy you because it annoys me. 
Well, it's kind of one of those things, as I always said, I'm never going to get on Twitter. Fuck Twitter. I'm never going to get on it. I've been saying this for so long, and now finally it's going to happen, so I'm very bitter about even joining it. And then I've already had this experience already. It's like... Yeah, just just don't get sucked in. That's all. <laughs> it's like, if you think Facebook is annoying, like, Twitter is fucking bonkers. It's just political shit. And, dude, it's like... It's, it's so frustrating, man. Like, it's just annoying people with dumb opinions... And they're annoying to read, and, and it's just, it's, it, I don't know, it's, it's a frustrating place. I find Instagram is much more pleasant. Is Instagram good for promotional stuff? I mean, what's Instagram? I don't even know what it's about. What do is Instagram, Instagram? Do Instagram, man. You know, I had people yeah? telling me for the longest time, like, Andy, get on Instagram, get on Instagram. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, I don't need another account. <laughs> and I'd, I'd say that, and I'd point, like, into their chest. Like, I'd point my, push my finger fuck into their chest. You. Like, fuck you. Fuck you. I'm not joining your stupid Instagram. Jeez. And then uh, they were right, because it's a much more pleasant place, man. People just post pictures. You can post video clips. Like, I post video clips for the show. My account, I think I've got, like, over a 1,000 followers now and i did nothing like on twitter Mm -hmm. i was doing like that twitter work like i said you know like Mm -hmm. typing in keywords and trying to follow people who might be interested in the show instagram i've done nothing it's just it you you sort of build a following naturally just by posting things that people find entertaining or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's it's much more pleasant because it's not like fucking political it's like people just post here's a thing i like here's pictures i like you know and I, you know, I follow like a bunch of synthwave artists, and it's just like you know, I scroll through my feed, and it's just like yeah, it's fucking pictures of Blade Runner and '80s artwork, and people posting clips of their tracks and stuff. It's a lot more pleasant, and no one's fucking like my my Instagram feed is not full of like, oh look at the stupid thing Trump did today. It's just like yeah, I know the fucking president's a clown. Like why do you, why do I have to see this every day? <laughs> like people won't stop talking about it. I'm just like dude, like I just want to see nice pictures of cool things. I'm, I'm liking that scene in The Matrix when Joey Pants is eating the steak and he's uh, talking about how, like, the steak is delicious but he knows it's fake or whatever, you know, like the ignorance is bliss conversation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's how I am with the internet now. I'm just like, fucking stop inundating me with bullshit. I just want to see fun pictures and that's what I get to see on Instagram. Well, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out, I guess. I'll see how I go. So I got to get with the times, Andy, you know. You got yeah. to, man. Yeah, you do. Do you want to play me another song? Uh, I think I got one more, buddy. Yeah, cool. Um, Do it. Well, uh, Killstar has got a new album coming out, and I believe it is on July the twenty seventh. Uh, I've had a chance to listen to it. Uh, it is really fucking good. I can't wait for it to come out. Uh, everyone's going to love it, and I'm not sure where it's going to be released yet. Uh, if it's going to be self released or not, but I am going to play a song that is featured on it, and that is called uh, Dreamscape, and that's by Killstar. Are we allowed to play this? Yes, yes. It's been out for a while. I give you permission to play it, Andy. Oh, you said July 27th. Yeah, July the 27th, buddy. That's when the album's oh. out. Oh, but he's already released the single? Just the one song has been released. You can relax, okay? It's all right. Hey, man, you know, <laughs> I, I, I like to do things above board, if you know what I mean. Mm, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's listen to this song, man. This is fucking Dreamscape. It's not fucking Dreamscape. This is Dreamscape by Killstar.
And that was Killstar with the track Dreamscape. Marco's, was that the fifth pick of the week? I think it's the fifth one, Andy. We're up to number five, yep. Awesome. And that was brought to you by my lovely $10 Pattersons. There's Ashley Keegan, Greg Smith, fucking Slunks, Will Lowe, Winfield, and Colin Bennett. And of course, there's the Triple Seven with the Rosconian and Skywolf and Hugh Jones with the 669. And now it's time for the donation of the beast. This is the donation. These are all the people who donate $6.66 because the Dark Lord is in their souls and the only way they know how to appease him is to donate the triple six to Beyond Synth. And that is, of course, Alexandros Samaras, Luke BTD, Ross Pentland, Moose Nux, Rob Dyson, Street Cleaner, Orlando, Rodriguez Naif, Till Wild, Straylight... Carm, Love Machines from IX, and Renton Brax. And rounding it out, it is Polar Wildcat Studios with the 617. Look, if you want to join them in supporting Beyond Synth, go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can just go to beyondsynth.com, the home of the Synthwave database, and there's a donate button right on there, man. Makes it nice and easy. Anyway, I'm back here with Marco. That's correct. Yes, you are. Um, can I do a quick promo as well if, for myself, if you don't mind? Sure. Uh, I've got a new uh, YouTube channel, just uh, made it, and I've got some videos out called Brazen Australian. Give me a follow there. I'm hopefully going to be on Twitter soon and uh, some other sites. I'm on Facebook and that. Just uploading some random videos of me eating American food, swearing a lot, being vulgar, and, uh, and a few adventures, you know, um, while I'm in the US. So just check it out if you want to laugh at my stupidity. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we'll do that for sure, man. Uh, Brazen Australian. That's correct. This all spawned because you posted a video where you were trying a, uh, a sausage biscuit? It's a sausage. It's not a sausage. A sausage biscuit, and it sparked a lot of debate and a lot of comments and views. I couldn't believe it. People were really kind of. Well, it was a really funny video. Like I found it really entertaining. I think it was just because you were um, you weren't like uh, playing a character or whatever. Like you were just being yourself trying a sausage biscuit for the first time and just being disappointed by it. It was pretty terrible, man. <laughs> and there's just something funny about that. And and it's true. I mean, like, I eat those things like uh, at Tim Hortons, uh, the yeah. coffee chain in Canada. Yeah, I, I will do sausage biscuit. Like, that's what I do. Except they call them, I think they call them old-fashioned there, whatever. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's when it's that processed breakfast sandwich... You know, where it's like the processed sausage round oh, and like the egg that's in like the perfect egg. circle. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got like a cupboard, like a heated cupboard full of those things. And so like when people order them, like they just like shovel on this fucking egg circle and this sausage circle and then just fucking close the sandwich and like, here it is. And it's kind of spongy and strange. Yeah. Well, this fucking thing didn't even have the round egg. At least the round processed one is like an egg. It's a fried egg. This thing had just a folded scrambled fucking piece of shit in it so uh, man it was it was fucking terrible it was so dry so a Burger King had them for like fucking 79 cents and that's what sparked it all because I saw the sign and I took a photo I was like massive sign saying sausage biscuit 79 cents I was like what the fuck is a sausage biscuit we don't call these things a biscuit right it's it's a scone mm. anyway whatever right 
anyway, I ended up having to have it at McDonald's, and it was like fucking four dollars something. I was like, what the fuck? I bought it, and it was terrible. I was like, man, it's so not worth that money. I couldn't believe how expensive it was, and it's really small, and and, and it was just really disappointing. But I guess that's what made the video funny. But anyway, check out the channel, and I got all sorts of random shit on there. If you, yeah, yeah, man, cool. Well, uh, we will look forward to that because that'll be uh, that'll be fun. I enjoy seeing videos of you; they make me laugh. Yes, I could say the same about you. I think we all laugh at your videos. <laughs> you should do another cooking one, man. That shit's fucking hilarious. <laughs> the original plan was to incorporate the cooking show into the real Beyond Synth, like make that a segment on the real Beyond Synth. Yeah. But those shows just take so long to produce, and there's always some dumb technical problem. Like, because people ask me, like, you know, when are you doing another one? And I'm like, I, I just don't like to talk about it because I never know how long it's going to take. Like, I don't know what problems are going to happen in between. And even talking about the fact that we filmed the magic sword one sucks because it might not be out until like october or something you know what i mean and so like i don't want to hype people up for something and then they and then it's like it doesn't come out i mean like you know episode two with with jake freeman protector 101 we filmed that thing uh, he was on he was up at my house on my birthday weekend which was in the, like the first week of november and it didn't come out until what march like of next the next year march april like around there right and so so it sucks because i mean if i had more time part of the reason for some of the patreon goals is if i was afforded more time then i could make those more regular if i actually had like the work week that i could free up and like actually just do beyond synth all the time but i can't and so every week i have to make a priority so you know Mm -hmm. i did a bit of editing on the show this weekend and then and then there's a point where i'm like i have to stop and focus on this week's podcast and get mm-hmm. those edited and, and and do it that way but uh you know hopefully in the future um we reach some goals and, and another one of my goals too people really responded to the um episode 150 which was not even a guest it was just you florence and mike which i've called the like the beyond synth family show and people liked it. It's actually like one of the most listened to episodes this season. That's interesting. I'm surprised. I mean, well, I'm pleasantly surprised, Andy. That's great. I mean, it was fun. I guess it's more of that sort of friend vibe. Because I, I know a lot of people who listen to the show who, you know, when they get to know the cast of characters, I guess, it's sort of like, it's 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 like you're sitting in on a conversation with friends. And so yes. that episode is more like friends hanging out than normal Beyond Synth episodes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why people responded that way. And so I've said, you know, it is one of the Patreon goals uh, uh, when we reach a certain amount that I said I would produce an additional episode a month. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the goal I'm working towards right now is like, you know, if, if we reach that amount, then the fifth episode every month would be like a Beyond Synth family show with the four of us mm-hmm. and then make that like a, like a monthly thing. Like every month there's one of those, you know, and then and then maybe, you know, take listener ideas as far as like mm-hmm. topics go or maybe even trivia games. Like I'm trying to find more ways also to include the listeners as well. And that might be a fun one too. Maybe get listeners to actually write a trivia game and then like you guys got to play it or something and I can... I can host the trivia or something. I think that'd be a lot of fun. That sounds great, man. I'm uh, hopefully looking forward to it. Send in that money, people. <laughs> and also, yeah, and but, but also people got to... There's lots of things people got to do, man. They got to watch the Brazen Australian. That's correct. Yeah. So that's... Yeah. That's, that's about <laughs> it, man. But yeah, we, listen, we should probably wrap this up because I we think should, people, you know, should. people are tuning in and they're just like, I want to listen to a show with computer magic and why is yeah. it fucking... Taking like an hour, or what, you know. I've overwelcome my stay. I get it. All yeah. right. Um, <laughs> no, thanks for having me on the show, Andy. And uh, yeah, it's good talking to you again. And uh, we'll uh, talk soon. Thanks, everyone. See you, Andy. See you, buddy.
And that was Marco, and that was fun, and that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters in the $5 Club. Uh, with the 520, it's Tim Brawl. Then there's Kevin Nogelney, Mads, Baron, Christensen, Sarah Buchelman, Kyle Droll, Pipdig, Erasmus, Deep, Mikey C, David Andrews, The Englishman in Texas, Domash Shimanek, Andrew Chukas, Rachel Buchelman, Serju Matai, Binkley, Sven Bomanis, City Bat, Christopher Albert, Daniel Dexius, Star Nomad, Michelle Vasquez, Tim Ross, Neon Knox, and Damian Rudies. Thank you all for your support. If you want to support the show like these awesome people, check out beyondsynth.com. You can see the the awesome uh, Synthwave Artist database on there. And if you want to help donate to the show, just click that fucking donate button. Now, let's listen to one more track, and then we will chat with computer magic okay here's a cool one uh this is by fractal man i think i've played a few tracks from fractal man and i i dug this one it's nice this is glimpses of starlight by fractal man
And that was Fractal Man with the song Glimpses of Starlight. And that was brought to you by my lovely $5 Pattersons. There's Lee McConnell, Zyko Rex, Marco Cranendonk, Corey Valentine, Timothy Pierce, Starlight Fisher, Barons of Santa Carla, Tristan Waits, Dana Jean Phoenix, Stu M, Night Raptor, Simon Norberg, Matthew Lister, Bobby B, Roman, Joe and Lando, Gus Velasek, and Kai. Thank you all for supporting Beyond Synth. It means a lot to me. You guys are keeping the show going. That's actually true, so I want you to know that. It's literally because of you people, because if there was no Patreon, I would not be able to afford to do the show. (laughs) And this would be back to, what was it, in the first three seasons of Beyond Synth, we did like 12 a year, I think? Or no, we did 15. We did 15 in a year. Yeah. So they just sort of came out at random times. It was like, I, I guess this is done. And they were like one-hour episodes. So wh- what's my point? My point is thank you for donating. And now, let's go chat with Computer Magic. All right. Well, I, I'm here with Computer Magic. How's it going? Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? It's going all right, Dan's. That is me. <laughs> <laughs> I know I said that with sort of like an accusing tone, but I didn't mean it. It's all good. I should point out that we sort of met very briefly uh, when you were in Toronto with the show with La Matos, and you were on that show for like about 15 minutes or so. Yeah, I was. I did a little cameo backstage. Yeah, and, and that was fun. I'd like, I don't often get the chance to do those type of shows so they're fun i like the freeform nature of backstage stuff and and your drummer is a fun lady although she's just your temporary drummer right yeah so her boyfriend ignacio usually drums with me mm-hmm. but lately he has like a another band that he's in they're kind of like jazz mm. band <laughs> But he tours with them, and when he can't do Computer Magic, Juliana hops in. But it's cool, because we have, like, it's cool to play with another girl. Yeah. Um, I'm so used to having guy bandmates, which is fine, too, but... It's easier, like, we can share a room together, and I don't know, it's just fun, and she's awesome, so that was a lot of fun to play with her. Yeah, no, it seemed like fun. She's coming, uh, I have a tour in Japan, and she's coming and doing that tour with me, too, which is in a couple months. That's exciting. So how about this? Since we did briefly meet before, but now this is going to be like the official Computer Magic episode, so let's go into the past, man. And we'll uh, we'll talk about how it uh, how it started and stuff. Okay, sure. So first off, you've been making music for a while. I have, yeah, since like 2011, I think. Were you making any stuff before then that just wasn't like you didn't feel comfortable putting out, or was that just when you just started and just said like, "Here I am, world." Everything happened. On accident, really. I didn't really have any intention to make music for a living. I didn't even know that I was, like, good at doing that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, throughout high school, I was in band, like, when I was in elementary school, but I was never in, like, had my own band or created my own music or anything, but I did DJ a lot. And when I moved to New York City, I started DJing 
pretty often. And then I just needed a break from New York City life. So I moved down to Florida. My mom had moved there. I'm from upstate New York. But after I graduated high school, my mom had moved to Florida. And I moved in with her for a few months. And I had downloaded this program called Ableton which is what I still use now to make music, but I just kind of was messing around and made songs and put them up online. And that's how computer magic started. (laughs) What kind of music did you DJ when you were a DJ? All sorts of stuff. There were these weekly parties that I would do in the Lower East Side in the city when I was like 18. I remember I would have to like be snuck in to these clubs. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember, like, if the cops had, like, raided the venue, like, I'd have to duck down behind the DJ booth. I would DJ under the moniker of Danzy, D-A-N-Z-I-E. They'd be like, okay, Danzy, like, duck down. Wait, so (laughs) was this, like, a regular occurrence, like, cops raiding the the party? (laughs) No, no. I think it just happened, like, like, once or twice. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I wasn't old enough to be there. And by the time I turned 21 and could drink, I was, like, so over it. I was like, I've been, like, partying for, like, a few years in the city. So when I was 21, I was like, I've had enough of drinking and partying. And that's when I moved to Florida. But I would DJ everything, like, indie rock, disco, Italo disco. And that scene when I started DJing in, like, 2007 ish justice was really big and like mastercraft and all that electro kind of stuff was super big so stuff like that <laughs> i keep forgetting that the drinking age is 21 down there yeah it's 21 what was what is it in canada is it 18 it's either 18 or 19 i think it's 18 for voting and pornography <laughs> and 19 for smoking and drinking i think Yeah, it's a few years younger. Oh, and the lottery. Did I say the lottery? Oh, the lottery, yeah. I think that's 18. So here you have to be 18 to play the lottery. Right. Like buy scratch-off tickets and stuff, but 21 to drink. There's also another weird difference I've noticed when I talk to Americans, and this is a weird one that I don't know if anyone's noticed, but when you do something by accident, Mm -hmm. you say on accident. Yeah. See, I say by accident. By accident. Yeah. It's the same with people who say if they wait in line versus waiting online. Yeah, or there's some people like in a plane or on a plane. On a plane, I don't think makes much sense though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's more fun up there. I'm going to ride the wing like that little gremlin thing in that Twilight Zone. (laughs) So what was the difference to you then, the comparison of Florida to New York? I mean, I I feel like Florida's all old people, isn't it? It, Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why my mom wanted to move there, but (laughs) her and my stepdad, like, separated briefly. I know she was tired of shoveling snow and the weather. Upstate New York, the weather is kind of a little harsh sometimes and she just wanted to be in the sun. So anyway, she moved to like a suburb of Tampa. So when I moved in with her, it was like nothing to do. (laughs) This is like the story of Karate Kid, man. Did you learn karate? (laughs) Did Pat Morita live there? Did I find like a Mr. Miyagi? (laughs) No, unfortunately, there was nobody it was cool um, living there. But like she would go to work every day and I would be just a bum at home, like just watching Tim and Eric, went through all the Tim and Eric episodes, went through all the Curb Your Enthusiasms and Always Sunny episodes. And I got Ableton and <laughs> was just 
<laughs> just these disparate things, just like somehow yeah, it's just, connected. <laughs> I mean, of course, my mom was like, go get a job. And I had a bicycle and I would like... This is exactly like Karate Kid. <laughs> and I would ride my bicycle. And did the bullies push you down the hill when you're riding no, your bike? No bullies, but I we did uh, <laughs> we did get our bikes stolen. <laughs> there you go. Which is weird because the community that she lived in was like a gated community. So I don't know how who stole them, but anyway. Oh, someone in the community, man. It was an inside job. You gotta go find them out. It's one of those old people. Some old people were like harvesting your bike for the wheels, like for their wheelchairs right i don't know i like that story <laughs> you know right <laughs> <laughs> but i would ride my bike to i applied for like jobs at like outback steakhouse and like all these chain restaurants and nobody would hire me <laughs> so i was just like at home making music and i remember my mom came home from work and i would be like hey mom you know check out what i made <laughs> yeah i think she was just confused like uh, oh you made that like how did you make that and i was like oh you know just in this program and i had never gotten any keyboard lessons or you know wasn't musically trained or anything but i would come up with chords and then i knew there needed to be a bass line and then i knew there needed to be you know a drum track and there should be a fill here and it just came all pretty natural to me which i thought anybody could do what I was doing but I think my mom really was like oh that's kind of crazy that you know how to do that and yeah so I would just kind of make like little tunes every day I didn't have monitor speakers I just had my laptop and then I remember on Craigslist I was looking at keyboards and my first keyboard was a Korg micro Korg so I got one of those and I was like okay so how do I record this okay well I need an interface okay let me get one of those and I just find stuff off Craigslist and then my mom was like, oh, you know, well, you should make music with lyrics because, you know, I listen to music with words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe like if you put lyrics on it, other people will listen to it. So I was like, OK, I'll think up some lyrics. And so I just started to write write words to the songs. And when I was done, the songs didn't really sound loud when I would compare them to other songs. So I was like, oh, well, how do I master this song? And so, like, I was just learning as I went along. And this is all within the span of, like, four months. Mm -hmm. I'd print it to a CD <laughs> and go out to my mom's car and, like, test the song on her car speakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't know that I needed monitors to make a song. You know, I was just completely had no idea what I was doing. But yeah, so that's how Computer Magic started. I had a SoundCloud and I'd put the stuff on SoundCloud and I, I had a music blog when I was 15, when I was in high school. And so I knew what a promotional email looked like because I would get them for my blog. Yeah. And so I'd like form my own promotional email and be like, hey, new song by Computer Magic available for free download on SoundCloud and, and just go through all the blogs that I read and, mm -hmm. and send them my own stuff. Yeah. And then people just started to listen to it, which I didn't have any expectation. It was just like a little project to get me by the boringness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like how boring it was. You're being very clever though, see? Like using the the stuff that people sent you and then like figuring out how to do that for yourself. I mean, that's some yeah, yeah. clever stuff. Listen, I want to listen to a song though. Okay. So I figured we'd play this track from 2011. It's called The End of Time. Okay. Which is a cool track that's got a fun video and we're going to we're going to listen to that right now, man. This is The End of Time by Computer Magic.
And that was The End of Time by Computer Magic. And I'm here with Computer Magic right now, Dan's, who has just told me the genesis of the project, which involved your mom telling you to put words in and slowly <laughs> figuring out all the components of making a song. And that's cool. And that was a fun video. I think we talked about that when I talked to you in Toronto, but uh, it's good. You, you're walking around in a little spacesuit. It's fun. It's like this mm-hmm. oversized spacesuit with big, like, dangling arms, and you're just walking yeah. around New York. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun to make. <laughs> uh, you've got some good videos. Like, are you, how many different people are, have you done? Or, that's a terrible question. How many people have you worked with over the. <laughs> Because <laughs> like, because a lot of the videos have like different styles, and so I didn't know if this was like a friend of yours who was like doing experimenting different ways, or if you've worked with a bunch of different uh, uh, video directors. Like, what's the nature of that? So the the videos, that one in the spacesuit. So I'd put up Band of Time by myself, like on SoundCloud, and this label in the UK really liked it and wanted to press it on a 7-inch. They're called Roundtable Records. I don't think they're around anymore, but they pressed the 7-inch, and they flew out the sky to New York to make a video for the song to kind of go with the 7-inch release. Okay. So that's how that one was done. But it's all kind of different people. Like, this girl that I work with, Anise Mariko, who made um, my latest video for the song Ordinary Life, and there's this guy, Joseph Carlin, that I work with a lot, who has done my videos for Fuzz and Dimensions and Hudson. And he kind of has a, an aesthetic that I really like. And he actually approached me via email. And Anise did approach me, too. So it's kind of, uh, it's just like people reaching out or me reaching out to people. There's this really cool, all animated video coming out soon for the song I have called Perfect Game. That will be really cool, but yeah, they're all kind of different. But once I like a director, I kind of stick with them. Because Anise has made two videos for me, and Joseph Carlin has made a few videos for me as well. And then I make videos myself, too, sometimes. (laughs) What made you download Ableton? So DJing, I was using this program called Tractor a lot, and sometimes like I would have guest DJs at the parties that I was promoting. And they would use Ableton. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe I could use it for DJing. And so I downloaded it for that purpose. And while I was messing around, like, in the program and figuring it out, I made music instead. (laughs) Because a lot of the people I talk to on this show, they get their start with, like, more sort of user-friendly programs, like uh, FL Studio or Fruity Loops at the time. Oh, Fruity Loops, yeah. (laughs) Because programs like that, I mean, and I've used it a ton as well, like, it just has a more immediate user-friendly interface, and you can load Fruity Loops and within, like, two seconds, like, figure out, like, oh, I see, I hit play, and I see this little, like, blinking thing move across, and I can start putting drum beats. But some of the other programs require a bit more, you know work. So Ableton uses um, there's two different ways that you can kind of use it and there's the arrangement view and the session view and one of the ways to use it, I think a lot of people use like loops and stuff but then there's another way to use it and the arrangement view where it's it's very similar to like GarageBand and Logic and all the other programs. So for me, it wasn't too hard to learn. And if I was confused, I would just literally type in a Google search and watch a YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing, man. Like, I have no malice towards nerds because I have so many problems 
And I love like every time I type in an exact sentence of like what my problem is, you know, it's like, why is it that when I'm using Photoshop and I click V, it's not doing the thing it's supposed to do. And you just literally type that into Google. And there is a person who's already asked that exact question, like with the same wording and everything. And then there's like all these nerds solving it for them. Like it's great for that. The internet, I mean. Yeah, everything has become very easy to do. <laughs> I was in the summertime, I was having a fire and I burnt, I had this book that from like, <laughs> I don't know, like the mid 2000s, because like before tutorials and, and everything with programs were so ubiquitous all over the internet, like, you know, you can just find help with whatever you want. And I had one of those, like, it was Flash for Dummies. Oh yeah, one of those, the Dummies books. <laughs> and, <it was> like, <laughs> and I could, I threw it on the fire and I thought it was hilarious because I'm like, what an obsolete book. A, it's Flash. <laughs> And it's like this big, thick book about how to use Flash for like doing animation and stuff. And I was just thinking like, oh, wow. Anyway, so now with the internet, you know, every time you just have a fucking problem and go to YouTube and there's some dude like speaking in some thick accent, like explaining how to use the software you're using. Yeah, basically. (laughs) That always seems to be a part of it. I don't know why. Maybe it's maybe it's different for music stuff. Like I, I watched like a lot of tutorials with like visual effects things, and it always seems to be like a Swedish guy or something. Yeah, I get that too. When I'm looking up, oh, how do I compress this or something? Then there's this guy doing a screen recording mm-hmm. and with an accent for sure. <laughs> My favorite is when the person has so little confidence in their English that they do a robot voice. You ever watch those? No. Where they do like speech synthesis? I want to watch those. I haven't yet. <laughs> They're kind of hard to follow because like the way robots talk, it, it doesn't flow correctly, you know? So, you know, it's... Yeah. And then move the cursor over here. The cursor must go up to the... You know, you're just like, fuck, I can't follow this guy. Like I like that impression. <laughs> Well, I used to, uh, when I was young, we had a Commodore. It was the very first speech synthesis program I ever heard was this program called Sam Say It on the Commodore 64. And it was so much fun because it, it was a really early one, so it wouldn't pronounce certain combinations of letters correctly. And so, I mean, we were kids, so we were typing in, like, dirty things. <laughs> but w- when you typed in the word breast... <laughs> Which is, I guess isn't really that dirty, considering. I guess. It's so that's so innocent. I know. Yeah, well, <laughs> we were young, uh, and and it would it would be like briast, like that's the way it would pronounce it. So we're like, I want to see your briast, and like that's the way the it was amazing. Like and so it was fun. <laughs> so good. Now they don't to do that anymore. I'm right now trying to find a Stephen Hawking speech simulator for a thing I want to do. Oh, there's got to be something. I use a Mac, and it's got like a built-in speech synthesis thing, and it's all these different voices. But as they improve the software, it gets further and further away from the funny computer voice. Like a Stephen Hawking's voice is actually, I think it's copyrighted. Oh. So you can find all sorts of speech synthesis on the web, but it doesn't sound exactly like Stephen Hawking. Like his is a very particular sound. That's pretty interesting. So. And they said, oh, you can download it now. Like since he passed away, it's like. And so I went to this website that says, hey, you can download the software that Stephen Hawking used, whatever. But then it said, be reminded. And I didn't notice this until I fucking like 50 failed attempts to try and download this thing. And finally, when it worked, I read this fine print. And it's like, now keep in mind that this is like the software that he used. But the actual speech synthesis will still be done using one of the inbuilt Windows Voices. I was like, what the fuck? Like, the whole time I thought I was downloading his voice, but all it was was, like, the software. Like, I imagine that thing he where he, like, uh. moved his tongue around in his mouth or twitched his cheek to, like, <laughs> advance the thing. And I'm like, I don't need that. So you need to get the whole, the whole thing in order to use it. Yeah, and I want, I just want the voice. So, anyway, this is irrelevant to anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I like it. 
Are you going to start doing interviews that way? Well, I have an idea <laughs> for something, for a character, but I, I really want the voice to be exact. Maybe, I think, though, in my head now, the idea might be incredibly offensive. But how about this? Let's listen to some more music, man, because we're here, and that's what this is all about. So I want to listen to a track that I liked. Uh, we're going to advance a few years to 2013. This was a track called A Million Years by Computer Magic. Together.
And that was Computer Magic with the track A Million Years. And I'm here with Computer Magic right now, Dan's. Hey, hey. How's it going? It's going all right. <laughs> <laughs> so you said before, that was a good song, by the way, and you, uh, you said before that uh, you had like a music blog or something because you knew what the press releases looked like because people were sending them to you. Mm-hmm. What was that blog about? It's actually pretty interesting. It is still available online. Cool. Uh, but the site looks really terrible because the image hosting service that I was using stopped hosting my images. So, like, mm. the background, <laughs> like, none of the images are really there. But mm-hmm. when I was, like, 14, 15, I started this blog just because I was listening to a lot of music that nobody else in my school was listening to. But I'm going to type it in right now and tell you what I would... So, you love my music, but spelled M-E-W-Z-I-C-K. Can I type this in? Yeah, you can type it in. It goes all the way back to November 2006. You love love my music? M-E-W-Z-I-C-K dot blogspot dot com. And I pretty much stopped when Animal Collective put up... Uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion. So here, December 16, 2008. My 2008 gift guide, okay. So number 10 was The Flaming Lips Christmas on Mars, <laughs> which was a soundtrack. Let's see, I had a Wowie Rovio, which was like this robot that you could watch stuff in the other room. Let's see, I had a Bob Dylan self-titled album that you should buy. That was $1,400. <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy. So I guess Super Mario Galaxy had just come out. Yep. Oh, I had a... Indiana Jones hat. Oh, yeah, you're seeing it. Mm-hmm. So you, Oh, you're seeing it. Factory Records, box set thing. I wrote about, like, Radiohead, Kubrick, but it's interesting to go back to, like, 2007. What was I writing about? So, so this is... <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I don't even know, I don't even remember all these bands, like Panda Bear, there's a lot of uh, remix type of stuff. I would post like, so I was a member of the site called Oink. So back in the day, it was basically like a torrent site, and this torrent site would like leak albums before they would come out, but the people that would leak the records were like the artists or like the record label, because they had, uh, you know, 320 kilobytes per second, like really high quality MP3s they would put up and the artwork and everything. And I'd post links to like preview these songs that weren't even out yet, which I don't know. I was like a kid and I thought I was really cool, like posting all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I would get, I would generate like a lot of traffic to my site and that's how I was able to become a DJ in New York. So I was like, oh, I have this blog called Music. that mm-hmm. it, it was like a disco bell or something. Like I was on the hype machine and, but I'm pretty impressed because I was pretty young when I was like, I was writing about like Leonard Cohen and Sonic Youth when I was just a just a kid yeah (laughs) but also i remember if i would write like a big review or something like i would bring it in to my english teacher and i was like hey i have a music blog and i review albums sometimes and he would give me like extra credit for like writing stuff on my blog which was pretty neat (laughs) nice it's always it's always cool to find a way to exploit during school stuff that you already do anyways. Like yeah, right. When I was in school, yeah, like I liked making videos, and so at any chance I got, I would convince the teacher to allow me to make it a video project, <laughs> and then I would 
I would get good grades just because like that's what I could do, right? So anytime it was like, oh, this is like an essay, you got to write a story. I'm like, what if I made a little short film? Yeah. And uh, you know, did that instead, and it was nice too because they they let me do it quite a bit. But Leonard Cohen, that's what we listened to like when I was a kid. Like I remember playing Lego, and I had like a few of my parents like mixtapes because that's all I had to listen to. Yeah. And I'd be like playing Lego and listening to this one mixtape where it's like, you know, like side A is Bob Dylan tracks and side B is Leonard Cohen. Man, your parents were cool. My parents were not listening to that when I was a kid. It was just weird when I think about it now, like certain songs that I like, I was a kid. So I would laugh if like Leonard Cohen said like some sex thing. Because <laughs> like I was a kid, you know, so yeah. it, it, it wouldn't take much. And then all these other songs that I had no understanding of. And, and then they also had like disco things too. So I remember I had, there was like one tape where it was like ABBA and one side and BG's on the other. Nice. And at that point, I didn't know who they were, and so I thought ABBA was the cast of Three's Company, and I thought the BG's were like a trio of black women. <laughs> Because I had no, I had no context. Like there was no picture. It was just like you know, like a little mixtape. Yeah. So it was funny, like kind of getting older <laughs> and going like, oh, that's oh, I see. Men can sing that way. Cool. Like it, it was like <laughs> sort of a surprise. Yeah, that's really funny. I think if I listened to the Bee Gees without knowing who was singing, I'd probably think that it was not a man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why that was the image that popped in my head though. Like it's still <laughs> to this day, it's funny to me now. Like thinking back to it, did you ever end up getting Mario Galaxy? Oh yeah, of course. I love Mario Galaxy. I have a Switch now, and I just finished Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Odyssey, which is pretty fun. Finished it in what way? Um, Did you well, collect all 900 fucking No, moons? no, I didn't do that. I mean, I got, <laughs> I got to the end when you get to the Super Mario 64 kingdom. Mm-hmm. So I got to that part, so I didn't finish the game. Mm. You backtracked on that claim pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I beat the game. I guess I really didn't beat the game. But. No, I'm I'm not one of those people that like I I played uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild and I defeated Ganon and then once I defeated Ganon I stopped playing. But like I didn't get all the shrines and the Korok seeds. Yeah, or how some people have to get absolutely everything. I mean, I do want to go back and try and complete the game totally, but. Once I once I get to like the end scene, it's kind of hard for me to keep playing. Since a lot of the games I play are like open world, I tend to do a lot of the side missions as I play because I know that once I defeat the last boss, it will like diminish my interest. Yeah. So I try and do as much side stuff as possible, but which is good. That's the way I play open world games now. It's like I want to I just overpower my character, so by the time I get to like the last level, I've done all the side missions and so like I got all the equipment I need and I'm like super powerful and then it's it's not that hard to beat the the end. Did you get the the sword in Zelda? Yes, eventually. <laughs> I saw that video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's from a while ago, but I remember like that. Yeah, when I, I was so excited and I was like one heart away. I think you needed like 13 hearts to pull the sword out in Breath of the Wild and I had 12. <laughs> and so it was like it was just too little. But uh listen, let's listen to some more music and then we'll uh, we'll keep talking, man. So we're moving ahead now to 2014. This is a cool track I liked. It's called All I Ever Wanted by Computer Magic. Oh, 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 
by Computer Magic, and I'm here right now with Computer Magic Dan's. Yes, indeed. Talking about video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a Switch now, but did you do any gaming when you were young? I did. I think we briefly talked about this, but not on the interview with Amatos. When they were taking down their equipment, yeah, we were we were chatting. I got some grainy video of us <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. like two seconds. So I, I grew up with the Super Nintendo. So that's what I grew up with. Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64. Mm. I never had a GameCube, but those were like the two machines that I definitely used the most when I was a kid. So I grew up on those. I had an Xbox briefly. Did it die? No, I, I just sold it actually. When I graduated high school, I sold it. I think I had like one game and it was this Simpsons game where you had to like drive around in like a taxi or something. I don't know. Yes, yeah. You know, there was a Simpsons game that was okay, but it wasn't that one. It was the next one. Okay. Because the first one was the purely driving one where it was basically like a crazy taxi ripoff, but like with Simpsons branding. Yeah. And then there was like an open world one, sort of open world one called Simpsons Hit and Run. And that was the one where you actually like you walk around as the characters like and, and I think they divided up Springfield into like five kind of zones. I wonder which one I had. I don't remember. What was that for X? Did that come out on Xbox? Yes. Yeah. It came out on all the consoles. It was like Xbox, PlayStation, uh, Cube. Because I did have a GameCube, which I enjoyed. But part of the reason why I got GameCube and I was so excited was because... Well, I have a rule on this show. There's a certain game I'm not allowed to talk about anymore because I talk about it too much. (laughs) 
but there is a first-person shooting game for the N64 starring Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> and uh, it was a fun game that I played with my friends, and I, I talk about it on this show too often. But that company, Rare, made some of my favorite games of all time. Oh, yeah. So when the Cube was announced, I was like, oh, fucking right. Like, I can't wait to play Perfect Dark 2. And then, you know, they did one game, which was that weird... Star Fox adventure game. I'm trying to think but what the hell it was called, though, the one on the cube. It was like a game that was going to be something else. It was like some... And then they just rebranded it Star Fox at the last minute, I think. <laughs> and then Nintendo sold its shares in Rare, and then Microsoft got it. And I was, like, really confused because that was, like, the reason why I got a cube. I couldn't wait to play the sequel to Perfect Dark. And then when it didn't happen, and then eventually when it got made on Xbox, and it was, like, not the sequel that I wanted. Anyway, what's your top 10 SNES games? Go. Boom. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> Doesn't have to be in order. Donkey Kong Diddy's Conquest. I played mm. all the time. We were talking about the Sticker Brush Symphony. Yeah. You know what? It's funny. I just did a show, although this episode now is going to probably air like a month afterwards, uh, with an artist called Wolf and Raven, and we were talking about that, and I finally figured out my confusion with the labeling, because I always call it Bramble Blast. Oh, yeah. Bramble Blast. I talked about Bramble Blast, and then he was like, yeah, yeah, and Sticker Brush Symphony was pretty cool too and then I realized we're talking about the same song it's like the level is called Bramble Blast the level yeah cause you're in the the cannons getting shot everywhere I think yeah but the song is called Sticker Brush Symphony <laughs> yeah which I'm not sure why there's that distinction because in all the other cases of Donkey Kong it's like no that's not true because Aquatic Ambience is the name of that song and the level's not called Aquatic Ambience is it so never mind my point is invalid <laughs> I just like to hear my own voice. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, good. So we got Donkey Kong Two, Yoshi's Island. I really liked. I played Aladdin a lot. Yep. Super Mario. I play it all the time. So I think we had Duck Hunt because we did have the original Nintendo. What else did I play? Lots of Super Mario Kart with my stepsister. Lots of. Super Mario and Donkey Kong, the Diddy Kong one. But N64, I had played a lot more often. Well, it's a, it's a good system, man. Well, how about this? We'll talk about it, but we'll listen to a song first. Do you want to do that? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this is a track called Fuzz. This is from 2015. Uh, it's a cool track, and uh, we'll listen to that now. This is Fuzz by Computer Magic.
And that was Fuzz by Computer Magic. And I'm here with Computer Magic right now. You have such a good radio voice. <laughs> it's because I haven't slept. I feel like my voice just gets higher and higher. If I record closer to when I wake up, then it's like I can do this. Oh, I'm also using a, a nice microphone. Nice. It really helps. <laughs> Normally, my <laughs> if you hear me in any other context, it's like, who the hell's that asshole? But anyway, look, the, the fuzz is cool. I think it's one of my favorite tracks of yours, and this was a cool music video, man. There's lots of costume changes and, and hairstyles and things going on. Oh, yeah. That was fun. That was all shot in, like, one room. <laughs> do you enjoy playing dress up? I do. I think... I am a pretty shy person, Mm. so I think that it helps me to be less shy. (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to edit what you just said to make you sound like an asshole, and it's just going to be like I think I'm pretty, and I'm just going to stop it there. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) I have the power over the edit, man. I can do what I want. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. Definitely like the production value. This one's cool. I like all the the effects and stuff. See, there's a lot of things you can do with a very simple premise if you just make it look cool. Yeah, that was with the director I mentioned, Joseph Carlin. Yeah, I think the influence for that was... Do you remember that Nine Inch Nails video for Closer? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. But with the microphone, how he's like... His profile, he's kind of like seeing into the mic. But I know that that was definitely an influence for that video. So talk to me about the N64 then, man. Let's let's move up here. So N64... So I just remember like summers just playing that all summer and my dad would be like, go outside and I would just be indoors playing that. That's my favorite part about the Wii because that was like the first system I remember where like it would intermittently remind you to go outside. (laughs) Remember like when you would start to play a game on Wii and there'd be like this white screen with a picture of like a window open and just like, don't, don't forget to take breaks, (laughs) you know, like just like, fuck you, Nintendo. I think I remember like playing Super Mario Galaxy on the Wii. There was like the ship that you would go to different places on the ship. Mm. And then once you'd been playing for a long time, be like, you should take a break. I think it's time for you to take a break yeah. or something. <laughs> it's like, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. I, love when, <laughs> I love the idea of a system like saying that kind of stuff to you. Just like Mario should like turn to the screen, just be like, I think you might be suffering from seasonal depression. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think the reason why I'm always so nostalgic for that period of time in my life, because N64 was probably the system I spent the most time on as well even though like I I had a Super Nintendo I played video games as a kid but they were always my older brother's systems the Super Nintendo was the first one like I owned and I even bought it pretty because I was always broke so like I bought it pretty late into the life cycle of the Super Nintendo by the time like I feel like it was like 170 bucks or something and it came with like two games and two controllers and I pretty much just played those two games because they were Mario and Super Mario All-Stars and so like that's and then Mortal Kombat 2 was pretty much like the three games I played all the time but the N64 dude I put in so many fucking hours into that I know. thing yeah, and also I love that controller it gets a lot of flack but I really enjoyed that controller and that is one game that I beat all the way through Super Mario 64 I did get all those stars yeah that is a well it's one of my favorite games of all time man it's a great game do you remember Banjo-Kazooie Yes, I love Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie is... It's second only to Mario 64. I think Banjo-Kazooie is one of the best platforming did games you, ever made. Did you get to play uh, Ukulele, which is like the new yep. Banjo-Kazooie? Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. A few months ago, I did review it for some reason. Because, um, like, I love Rare, like, in their heyday. Banjo-Kazooie, the James Bond game that I'm not allowed to talk about, <laughs> uh, Perfect Dark... <laughs> 
fucking Conquer's Bad Fur Day is like one of my favorite games of all time. They did Donkey Kong. Well, this is my issue though. I think Rare is awesome, but I feel like every time they do sequels, they try and do too much and it comes at the cost of like other things. So when I think back, I think Banjo-Kazooie is like pretty damn near perfect. It's a really good game. Yeah, like the size of the levels is perfect. The overall length of the game was fine. Whereas what they did with Banjo-Tooie and what they did with Donkey Kong was the levels started to get a little too big, but they all kind of looked sort of samey. So sometimes like they weren't um, like as easily memorized and like there was a lot of backtracking, especially in Donkey Kong. Like, it was a lot of fucking, finally, you unlock the door, and then you walk in, and there's a button for, you know, Daisy Kong has to jump on. So you gotta go back and switch characters, and then you press that button, and you open another door, and now you need Diddy Kong to play his fucking flute, or whatever the hell he played, a guitar. (laughs) And that was Donkey Kong 64 in a nutshell. It's like, every time you would move forward an inch, then you'd have to go back, get another character, and then you'd have to backtrack, too, because then the characters had different musical instruments they played, or different superpowers, right? You'd, You'd walk up to a door, but you'd need to use, like, Lanky Kong because he had a bazooka that shot balloons because it had a balloon symbol on the button so you'd have to go back get him <laughs> then use his gun you might not have unlocked his gun yet you know and so so many Kongs in the Kong family <laughs> yeah there was too many and so so that was my issue with Donkey Kong 64 was I liked it but I felt like they started to get a little too there was too much and I think that's kind of the same issue I have with ukulele I think the levels are too big. It's so fun, though, like, when you learn the different abilities, like, when you learn how to fly and then go back to the first level and then Mm -hmm. be able to fly, like, all the way up to the top of this tower that you couldn't previously get up to. I don't know. I I liked it. I'm not against backtracking in games. Yeah. I feel like Donkey Kong just took it to this weird level where you were backtracking constantly. It wasn't like Metroid or whatever, where, like, you get a new power, you go back to level one. Hey, I remember there was that door I could blow up but I couldn't because I didn't have the right weapon and now I do and it was exciting to go back and and unlock that part whereas like when it got to Donkey Kong it was like every time you opened a door you had to backtrack (laughs) sometimes it got a little bit too uh, convoluted the convoluted that's the word I'm looking for do you remember a game called Glover no it's funny because I remember this game pretty vividly but nobody seems to remember it it was this glove that kind of walked on top of a ball Glover (laughs) and the glove could like throw the ball at things no, I don't know this game. 64? Yeah, it was. I'm pretty 100% sure. Now I gotta look it up. You actually should look it up because it's really funny looking, the cover. <laughs> it's just this glove on this ball. Glover Nintendo 64. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, weird. So it's, it's like a glove with a face. <laughs> yeah, but you could bounce the ball, like basketball, and then like you could bounce it high to get up in high places and like put it through uh, rings and stuff. <laughs> But uh, Glover 64, what else did I play? Wave Race, lots of Wave Race. I had uh, Nagano Winter Olympics. Did we talk about this in the <laughs> Lay Matos? When you were on the actual show, we, we talked about very little. It was mostly like the backstage stuff where we talked, but I wasn't, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. wasn't surreptitiously recording you. So. It was after that we were talking about it. It was, yeah, Mario 64, Banjo-Kazooie. There was a Yoshi game that I played all the time. Yoshi's Island was for Super Nintendo. So I guess it was maybe Yoshi Story? The 64 one was... I think the 64 one was Yoshi's Island. The Super Nintendo one was called... Wasn't it called Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island or something? Like it... Were your little baby Mario riding on Yoshi's back or something? No, it was just Yoshi's. 
Just Yoshi's. Hold on, I got now I want to look this up too. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about this? Let's listen to a song and then we'll uh, we'll keep talking. Okay. So this was one that had another cool music video which I dug. This was from 2016. This was the song Dimensions, and we're going to listen to that right now. Dimensions by Computer Magic. And I'm here with Computer Magic right now. And that was a cool song. You're in sort of like some light cube thing. Yeah, yeah. That was another one by Joseph Carlin, who did Fuzz. He also did that one. Yeah, this this song kind of has like a, a postal service vibe to it for me. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was watching a lot of... Uh 
Do you know Miyazaki, who, like, Totoro and Princess Mononoke? Yeah. I was watching a lot of those movies when I wrote Dimensions and was kind of inspired by light-hearted melody type of stuff. But yeah, that was a fun video to make, but there were so many bugs attracted to that light cube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty hard to sit in there. <laughs> During the song, so I looked it up, Yoshi's Story was for 64 and Yoshi's Island was for Super Nintendo, but you're right, it's Super Mario World 2. Alright, good. Yeah, I guess it was Yoshi's Story when you could like pick out like the color of your Yoshi. I love that game. There's a new one coming for the Switch that I'm really excited about. Wasn't the last one, didn't they do another game that was in like the yarn style of that Kirby game? That's the one coming up, I think, for the Switch. It like yeah, looks Oh, Yoshi's Woolly World, right? <laughs> that was for uh, <laughs> Yoshi's Woolly World was um for the Wii, wasn't it? For the Wii U? I can't remember. Cuz I did play that game. But the one coming up is kind of like 2D scroller type of game. Yeah. I think it has that vibe like the Woolly Miss. Uh, what's that game? What's the the wooliness, which is definitely not a word. Yeah. What is that game for PlayStation? It's got that vibe. He's made of wool, and you can play with uh, your friends. For PlayStation? Yeah. And he's made oh, out of wool. Little, oh, little oh, big oh, planet. Oh, fucking little big planet. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But that's what Yoshi's Woolly World kind of reminds me of. But I love that game, Little Big Planet. It's awesome. Yeah, sack boy. <laughs> Although he's more like made of burlap than wool, right? Yeah, yeah. But like fabric. Yeah. Texture, some kind of fabric. But yeah. <laughs> This is why I like the show that I do, because, you know, there's people who tune in, you know, they might be like, hey, I like computer magic, and I want to hear her talk about her music, and then it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> just talking about what fabric the character <laughs> the boy is. is and- <laughs> uh, well, maybe uh, we should talk a bit about, because uh, you, you talked about at the beginning that you were doing a tour of Japan, and we never touched on this last time we spoke, but, like, you have this kind of following in Japan. I do. Which... I find interesting. Do you do you understand it? The genesis of it? Like how it works? I honestly think it's because I have a label there. In the US, I release on my own. Mm-hmm. And in Japan, I have this label, Tugboat Records, which is under P-Vine. Their distribution is Sony. And they're like this big label over there. So when my record is released, it's in all the Tower Records. And there are these big displays with my record there. So... If I had that here, like label support, you know, putting tons of money into PR and tour support and all that, I think that I would be bigger maybe in the US, but I don't know why I'm bigger necessarily in Japan besides maybe because I have a label and they like the music more than the people here. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I wish I was bigger everywhere else, but Japan's a good place to tour in so i'm happy about that how many times have you toured over there so this will be my sixth time going to japan Mm. and my fourth tour there one time i went for this company called milk fed which is a clothing line by sofia coppola had me like be the face of their company so i flew over there to do a photo shoot with all their clothes one time which was like i flew over there for a day and then another time was just for like pr wait what sorry (laughs) so 
Okay, so how are you connected with <laughs> Sophia Coppola's fucking clothing line? They just reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to model their clothes to be... I was in, like, the catalog. It was, like, computer magic. There was, like, a life-size cut out of me in a milk-fed <laughs> store. <laughs> Which is pretty neat. <laughs> Did you get to keep it? Do you have it? No, I didn't see it. I wasn't there for it, but oh. my managers took a picture and sent it to me. I mean, I wish I had it, though. I could scare people or something. I don't know. <laughs> I want to do that now. I, w- I want a life-size cutout of me. I, like, I don't know for what function, but I think it would just be a funny fucking thing to have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've only made a few episodes of, like, the YouTube version of Beyond Synth, but it's, like, structured like a late-night talk show. Yeah, I like it. I've, I've seen the pictures. It looks really cool. Yeah, and part of what I want to do is decorate the set with, like, video game things, but, like, things that I make specifically for the set. And so one of the things I was going to do was, like, to make life-size cutouts of, like, video game characters, but actually, like, their sprites from the game. So not, like, high-res art. Have, like, a big, like, scorpion from Mortal Kombat, but it's actually, like, the pixel art, like, from the, <laughs> the the game, but it stands still, like, five feet high or whatever, like, in the background. And the characters from, like, Streets of Rage and shit, like, I think that would be, that would be a cool thing to have. And also, but I feel like if I had a life-size cut of me, I would scare the shit out of myself with it every day. Like, every time. <laughs> you know, you turn on the lights in the bathroom, and there's just, like, a fucking guy I wouldn't, there. Yeah. I wouldn't like it if I... <laughs> I don't know. I just... <laughs> It's just creepy to me. <laughs> Maybe my boyfriend would like it, but... No, nah, it'll still scare the shit out of him, too, especially because, like... I'm sure, yeah. It doesn't take much to scare me when I think that there is, like, a vague humanoid form in the room when you turn the lights on. Like, you can have the blankets fucking piled the wrong way, and I'll be like, holy fuck, and then, like, oh, shit, it was just blankets. <laughs> <laughs> so when it is actually, like, a full-size person, I think my wife's little sister, she liked the Twilight movies because she was in the demographic, <laughs> and had like a life-size Robert Pattinson thing <laughs> and I remember walking into a room and that thing was there and it scared the shit out of me I was, <laughs> it's like I fucked this thing like I almost punched it because it made me you know when you get scared like very quickly and like your immediate reaction is just to like swing at it or like, make a really mm-hmm. crazy noise anyway <laughs> I didn't break it though I should have <laughs> you should have <laughs> So then, what do you do when you're in Japan? Do you, do you have, like, haunts now that you've been there so many times? Is there, like, a place you go, like, hey, this is the place where they make the really good Japanese chicken? <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, so I really like ramen. And there are ramen restaurants that I'll go to a lot. A lot of the times, it's the manager, and we also have a translator. And they'll pick us up at the airport, and they're pretty much with us the entire time. And they'll bring us to the places... Like, they know all the great places. Yeah. But there's a store that I frequent when I go called Tokyo Hands. T-O-K-Y-U, Hands. And they have, like, everything that you could ever possibly need. It's like, they have it in each big city. So, like, Tokyo has one, Osaka has one, Nagoya, Kyoto, I'll have one. But that's pretty neat. There's another store called Don Quixote, which has, like the most random Japanese stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's a really neat restaurant that they take me to every time. I think it's called Ganpachi or something, but I know that it's not like a chain where it's in every city, but I think there are two of them. And we didn't go to the one that was in the movie, but the fight scene in Kill Bill that's in the Japanese restaurant, that's like the restaurant that they take me to that 
brand or whatever. I th- I'm pretty sure it's called Gunpachi, but not 100%. The ramen place that I like is called Ichiran. And it's this ramen place where you walk down to a lower level and there are booths. And you sit in these booths and you fill out this paper and like you slide it under this window and this guy comes over and takes the paper, like you write down what you want. And then he gives you your marijuana. And then he gives you your marijuana. <laughs> but it's it's funny, like the booths were actually, they started having the booths so women, when they would get lunch when they were at work, wouldn't be bothered by men. Because <laughs> so ha- I guess the men would like try to pick up women all the mm. time. When they would go eat lunch by themselves. But it's neat, though. You Like, if you eat with somebody else, you can move the wall of the booth so you can eat with that person. But it's called Ichiran. It's really, really good ramen if you're in Tokyo. Yeah, and, and like being in a little tiny booth. Yeah. And a lot of restaurants, you order by a vending machine. Mm. So, uh, actually, there's this song I have called Lonely Like We Are. And the video for that shows the restaurant that we ate in. Oh, cool. There's these vending machines where there's pictures of what you want and you press the picture of what you want and then you get a little ticket and then you give it to the cashier and they give you your food. But (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I I love Japan. I love going there. I'm excited to go back. Oh, that sounds cool. I want to touch on just a few of your more recent videos. Because, like, uh, there's some cool ones in there. But I want to listen to a song first. So, speaking of Japan, I think in 2017 you had some album. It was, like, called, like, the Super Rare Album or something. and had, like, Japan rarities and some other stuff. Oh, yeah. It was... So, I also write music for commercials in Japan. Mm. I've written music for a mayonnaise commercial, a salad dressing commercial, a <laughs> uh, Panasonic commercial but i write the songs as computer magic not under like a ghostwriter so like when people watch the panasonic commercial they're like oh computer magic wrote a special song for panasonic right but those songs are are on that record and also yeah like you mentioned like bonus songs and stuff like that well here's uh here's one i dug it's called uh, cloud city by uh, computer magic up in the sky a symphony And that was Cloud City by Computer Magic. And I'm chatting with Computer Magic right now. And that's a cool one. That that song kind of has a little bit in there that reminds me of Final Fantasy a bit. That was for one of the commercials. I don't remember which one, but it was 
for one of those. We'll just say it was for Panasonic mayonnaise salad dressing. Yeah. An all-encompassing product. <laughs> some sort of like a cyber dressing. Whatever, whatever that means. <laughs> cyber dressing. Yeah, man. I like that. I like that. Sprinkling computer chips on your food like bacon bits. So <laughs> talk about some of the more recent videos. There's things in each video where I was like, I was curious about the process of making them. So, for example, in your track Gone for the Weekend, there's a part where you seem to be submerged in a bathtub full of milk. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually creamer. Okay. <laughs> so they filled up a kiddie pool and it was just water and like coffee creamer. And yeah, that's what I was in. <laughs> What does that do to your skin? Is that, like, good or bad? It felt refreshing, but it was very cold. Like, the water was not warm. Mm. My skin felt good afterward, (laughs) (laughs) I guess, but I don't think I would do it again. (laughs) I feel like I would be self-conscious in a sequence like that. Well, it was. I was surrounded by, like, ten guys. I was just, like, wearing, like, not very much, so you don't see me having clothes on. Like, right. So I was very self-conscious. <laughs> like, just getting in and getting out of the tub of milk was like, all right, this is what I'm doing right now. Because <laughs> I would be super fucking self-conscious. Because, you know, when, when women look nice in music videos and stuff, and I never, and I always think about the production of just, like, this crew of dudes just, like, sitting around and, like, how would I feel if I was being filmed by, like, ten ladies and I had to take my clothes off? Because, like, <laughs> I, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Mac and Me, but without my clothes, I look like the alien's parents. Like, they just have these little pot bellies and these long arms. <laughs> and I'd be sitting there, like, trying to suck in the whole time and, like, stick my chest out, and I don't really have one. So it's like, I bet you, too, like, for the... F- <laughs> For the days leading up to it, even though, like, I'm a skinny guy, I'd be, like, fucking lifting weights and doing push-ups in the vain attempt at, like... Oh, yeah. I always do... Like, before a video, the Ordinary Life video, I'm in, like, this bondage type of outfit. Mm -hmm. I was, like, going to the gym all the time and, like, not eating, like, barely anything. And then, like, afterwards, I was like, all right, gonna have a giant hamburger and, like, fries and Doritos. and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, yeah, before a video, I'm always, like, pretty self-conscious, you know, trying to prepare for it. And then I just become lazy afterward. <laughs> yeah, I completely understand. And it's funny, because in that video, that was one of the things I was thinking the whole time when I'm watching it, uh, was if you guys ate that chicken, but then you threw it on the ground. Oh, yeah, the chicken. Um, <laughs> we, we did not. Well, because it was like, the shoot was like 12 hours. Mm-hmm. The chicken had just gotten kind of gross and like had this weird jelly stuff on the plate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just was not... It was not appetizing. So I felt bad like we were wasting food, but at the same time, I don't think anybody would want to eat that chicken afterward. (laughs) It's a nice video, though. It's like a nice, simple concept. You know, it shows like the monotony of serving chicken and lighting candles and (laughs) washing windows held up by C-stands and (laughs) the stuff we do. Normal, everyday stuff. (laughs) Well, here, let's listen to that track because it's a cool track, man. This is Ordinary Life by Computer Magic.
That was Ordinary Life by Computer Magic, and we just talked about the video. Hey, you punched the glass at one point, don't you? I did. We got the sugar glass, it's mm. called, and it's for specifically for movies, and it was actually pretty expensive. Like, each pane is like... 200 bucks when you break it it shatters and it looks like glass but i do not think it's edible but it's made out of some kind of sugar mixture but we had two of them and that first one i completely did not punch hard enough and (laughs) it just fell on the ground and like i wasted like this whole pane of sugar glass but yeah the second one kind of worked out so that's the one that was in the video what was the issue like did you just not judge like the strength of it i had to punch harder because it just kind of like moved and then it fell afterward. So the right. effect that we wanted like didn't really happen the first time. But the thing is, is like you only get one shot because it's very delicate. Yeah. So if it's like not hit the right way, like how I hit it, it didn't really work right. But you can't like try it out because then you waste like this $200 thing. But yeah, that was really fun to get to do that. That was a fun video. What What is like the true character of you? Like when you see yourself portrayed in like the videos, you know, because uh, obviously there's there's some people who are putting you into these like different costumes. Obviously this one, you've got like that, the black hair with like the bondagey stuff. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what's, what's the true dance? Are you the spaceman? Is that the true? Uh, or space woman? I mean, I'm... I'm sometimes I'm that. I don't know. I like being different characters. I'm very interested in all things space-related, so I think that kind of plays a, a role in the aesthetic, but I mean, that video to me is like kind of sci-fi-esque. The video is basically about a robot that gets tired of doing daily tasks and... I probably should have been like a little bit more robotic in the video to portray Hmm. that I was a robot. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. I think like sci-fi aesthetic space is just what I'm into. So I mean, conceptually, the video works if you're not a robot. Like, (laughs) like it's like it's still it still works, and it's just it's more just like the the like a bored lady who's like just with the monotony of life wants to like adventure out there and stuff. Break free. (laughs) So it still works, I think. Yeah, it still works either way. Multi-layered, man. That's the key. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, look, we've been talking for a while. We can probably, like, wind this down. Is there anything, like, we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Just go by my album, Dance, that came out in February. <laughs> so, look, uh, it's good to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I do this show, I end every episode like when you have a relationship in high school and and the other person, like no one will hang up the phone. Do you have that? Does that an experience that young people have anymore? That whole like people not hanging up the phone thing? I don't know. I feel like people don't even call people anymore. Everything is just like text. Yeah, because when I was in high school, that was the thing, right? Talking on the phone, and then when you're yeah. like you're dating someone, and it's like, oh no, you hang up. Like that was a thing. Like I don't know if that's a thing anymore. It's the the no, you hang I up. I mean, I remember, I remember with my stepsister having like a designated like phone time, like on the house phone. It was like, yeah. okay, well, you get the phone at six to seven, and then I get the phone from seven to eight, and we had to like <laughs> divide it, like. Do we want to talk to people or do we want to use like dial up to get on the internet? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> see, man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the good old days. Yeah, 
I'm sure people still have that, like, who's going to hang up first? Yeah. Anyway, the the point of that fucking non sequitur is just that that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> how I end every show is because I'm really bad at, like, saying goodbye to people. <laughs> I'm always trying to, like, one of these days to discover the ultimate, like sign-off phrase that like somehow encapsulates the whole conversation and also works as like a goodbye in the same moment it's it's hard my dad has the opposite his conversations are very short Mm. his attention span is also very short nice so he'll be like hey danielle how's it going how's your day and i'll tell him well i went to okay bye (laughs) doesn't even listen to me just like basically calls to say hi and asks me what I'm doing and then completely doesn't care and just hangs up the phone. <laughs> That's kind of like the relationship I have with my son. <laughs> That's like the way a kid behaves. You know, when you're in the middle of saying something, they'll just kind of like look up and just walk out of the room. And I'm just thinking like, how awesome would it be to, as an adult to do that? Well, my dad has got it down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's living the dream, man. Mm-hmm. It's a tricky thing to do, but it is funny. Like when people can. I mean, what I what my ultimate goal is to to be cool like the people in the movies. You know, when movie people talk on the phone and like when the call reaches its when all the information has been gathered from the call, the dude just hangs up. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there at the corner of uh, Smith and Seventh Street. Okay, click, and then just hangs up and puts the phone in, and just like you didn't even say goodbye. Like what? You know what I mean? The other person's fine with that. Like, anyway, that's <laughs> stupid. All right, so how how are we gonna do this? Well, I'll <laughs> I'll just hang up the phone. So how was your day? And then like while you start talking, I'll just fucking hit stop on the on the record. Okay, you should do that. <laughs> but listen, it was it was fun to talk to you. Nice to uh, get the the scoop. What the scoop? See, this is why I don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking scoop. I don't even think I've ever used that word before. I think that needs to come back. Yeah, I mean, technically, more often. Yeah, I mean, the weather's getting warmer, so I mean, I'll, I will be getting some ice cream. So it's not like I've never used that word in my life, <laughs> but not in reference to gathering some sort of scandalous information or whatever. Like, but it's, I think it goes it goes along with the radio voice. Yeah, maybe. What a scoop! Thanks for the scoop, Dan's. <laughs> Great to get the scoop. <laughs> Anyways, look, it was good talking to you. The music's good. People should go check it out and uh, check out the new album, man. It's on Spotify. On Spotify, Amazon. I also have my own record label, Channel 9 Records. And if you go to channel9records.com, you can get the vinyl on transparent green vinyl. Cool. Go get the vinyl, everybody. Go get the vinyl. There are not many left, so. Oh, well, maybe by the time this interview airs, they might be gone. But hey, they can still go and see. Right? Yeah, I yeah, I have tons of other stuff too. Lots of merch. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of merch. <laughs> Alrighty, well you have a lovely day. Thanks, you too. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Alright, and that was Computer Magic. So that was a fun chat. She's cool. Uh, I had fun chatting with her, man. I know sometimes people listen to the show and maybe it's a little silly that we, we don't we end up talking about video games for a lot of it. <laughs> And as soon as I find out, you know, that people are gamers and if they were gaming at, you know, the same time that I was in my hardcore gaming days, you know, in high school and stuff, uh, it's, it's fun for me. So whatever. What? I'm, why am I justifying my stupid show? <laughs> this show is too stupid to be justified. I apologize. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synth music chat show there is. And I hope you all have a lovely weekend. And I'll uh, talk to you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening. This was Beyonce.
Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. If you would like to support Beyond Synth, please visit patreon.com forward slash beyond synth. And don't forget to check out Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to submit your music for the show, please email it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. Have a lovely day.